Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice. Welcome back to another awesome episode of Untold Physio Stories podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. E, with Modern Manual Therapy, the Eclectic Approach, the new online mentoring program, Modern Rehab Mastery, of course, Untold Physio Stories podcast, uh, Edge Mobility System, and Modern Manual Therapy blog. My co-host, Dr. Andrew Rothschild, with the Eclectic Approach to Modern Patient Education, because not be here today, but I have... Uh, one of my good friends and colleagues, Dr. Benjamin J. Stevens, and it's just a J, kind of like Homer J. Simpson. Uh, so I don't know if that J means anything, but uh, he has a really compelling story that he told me uh, when we were co-teaching a course maybe a year or two ago. Then I thought that clinicians and patients in general should hear it just uh in case you're going through something or even you have a patient that's going through something that they can't quite figure out. So I'll let uh, Ben introduce himself and then Andy can tell a story. Thanks for coming on, Ben. Not a problem. Thanks for having me, Erson. Um, I yet to be told whether or not this is going to be another awesome episode as you introduced, but I'll take that as a compliment. Um, and the J stands for John, my middle name, uh, which is my father's name. So uh, let me give you a very short introduction to myself because I don't do as many cool things as you do. Um, I'm a chiropractor by trades. Uh, I've been doing that for about eight years at this point. Uh, I live in the mountains up in Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada, out in the West. And uh, primarily, I spend most of my time in education nowadays. So I run an education company called Somatic Senses Education. Um, we do somewhere between anywhere from 20 to 100 courses across the country in Canada every year and a little bit into the States as well. And so we bring in people like uh, yourself from all around the world to help uh, raise the bar for everyone, to help teach a lot. So I've been very fortunate to be involved in continuing ed um, literally since even before I graduated from school. And so I spend a lot of my time in research and education and on keeping on top of trends and figuring out what's going out going out there into, uh, you know, the healthcare and performance and rehab world. And that's where my brain lives. I started a clinic uh, immediately out of school about seven years, uh, seven years ago, eight years ago. And then I decided very quickly that um, seeing that many people in the run of a day was quite a mismatch to my personality and what I wanted to do in this industry. And so I sold that clinic two years ago, uh, turned around, I guess, two and a half years ago, turned around and worked for the guy that I sold it to uh, for two years. And then about six months ago, that two years came up. And so I have not been in full-time practice since. And here I am sitting at home, sipping a coffee, talking to you. Sounds good. That's, uh, by the way, that wasn't his compelling story. <laughs> no, no, that was very not compelling. That wouldn't be an un awesome episode of Untold Physio Stories podcast. <laughs> That'd be awesome-ish. Right. And we're out. Worst episode ever. Done. <laughs> Shortest episode ever. All right. right. talking. So, uh, wow, it seems like it was it was longer ago. I, I don't know. I, I, so can you tell me what what the health issues were. I remember someone saying like, oh, Ben isn't emailing you because he has some health issues. And I'm like, really? I just kind of saw the guy like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll, I'll try to condense it down because the it, it took, I guess, about two years um, front to back for this whole thing to happen. So um, to give you some context for the whole scenario, uh, I'm, I would not consider myself in any way um, a type A personality or an adrenaline junkie in any way, shape or form. Uh, I typically and always have been a eight to nine hours a night sleeper. Um, I don't drink. I'm not all that social. I rest a lot. But uh, there was a time in my life about three years ago now where I was doing it all. And more than anything, I would say it was due to not having a real strong direction. But I was doing, uh, I was in, enrolled in a PhD in neuroscience. I was running the clinic that I then owned. Uh, I was uh, starting, actually, this was three and a half years ago, starting another clinic in town for my wife, um, who had a different specialty than I did. Um, I was involved in a sports residency at uh, through the Royal College of Canadian Sports Sciences. And uh, on top of that, I was teaching for Rock Tape, so I was traveling probably 20 weekends a year, and I was uh, getting heavily involved with Somatic Senses, the continuing education company that I now co-run with my good friend, Michael Maxwell. So the list was long, um, but for me, I didn't really notice that there was anything um, out of the ordinary, and that's just because I had always done things that way. Um, you know, if I didn't have 10 different things on the go at any given time, it didn't feel like me. And uh, I was not necessarily addicted to that whole thing. It's just kind of how I naturally did it. And uh, the, the, the physiological feeling of it was fine. Like I said, I was eating well, I was sleeping well, I was exercising, I was doing all these things. And then uh, it would have been August of 2016, I guess it was, um, that I decided, decided I was going to start doing CrossFit. And a big part of this was because uh, I worked with so many barbell athletes and so many CrossFit athletes, um, and a lot of them at a very high level. And so with me, I had a background in Olympic lifting, a background in kettlebells, those sorts of things. And so I went, you know what, like I know the vast majority of the, the you know, realms that are attached to CrossFit really well, but I haven't actually done CrossFit, even though I know it really well from my patient's perspective. So I'm going to jump in with both feet. I'm going to do CrossFit um, at noon every day, four or five days a week at least, um, at the CrossFit that was closest to my office, Kelowna CrossFit, and jumped right in. So it wasn't all that different than I expected. You know, the only real difference being that for me, the way I typically trained, it was um, it was much shorter rest because most CrossFit, there's really not much rest. It's timing or something of that sort. And so the intensity naturally went up. I struggled a little bit with that, um, but I had a lot of fun. Uh, it was a really, really good experience. So through that, in uh, so that was in August of 2016. Um, same kind of thing. Everything was going on, uh, behind the scenes, business wise and career wise. And I was doing it for about four or five months and there was a big competition coming up. So called the Okanagan Valley throwdown out where I live, the OVT for short. And so, uh, there were some people in my gym that wanted me to compete. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't really feel like putting this all on the line. I'm not actually all that good at this. You know, I just look fit. I'm not actually all that fit. And, uh, they said, Oh, come on, we'll do it as a team. So I joined a team. And proceeded to go to this competition, which was in January of 2017, which is about uh, two years ago, plus a couple months right now. And so during that time, um, I felt fine going into it. And then the the very first workout of the weekend, which we actually opted to do early because it was a floating workout, was a 1200 meter sprint on a rower um, that was split up between you and a partner. So generally, I mean, for anyone that knows uh, a concept to a rower, that's 600 meters per person. That's fast. Like you are going, it's a, it's a sprint as hard as you can. Um, and my partner and I still decided that 
in order to keep the speed up, we practice transitions. He would do 300 meters, I would do 300, and then we'd repeat that and be done. So we did that. It ended up being, you know, less than two minutes of work total for me. Um, I got off heart rate typically elevated as it would be when you do a, like an all-out sprint for a minute of anything. Um, but about 10 minutes later, my heart rate just kept going up and going up and going up. And this was, uh, I guess it was February, the first weekend of February. And we're in the mountains out in Canada. It's freezing outside. And I, just, I kept getting hotter and hotter and heart rate going up and heart rate going up. And I went, oh, man, like this is not right. This doesn't feel good. And so um, I, I literally just walked outside. This was in a large arena. Um, I took off my shirt. I took off my pants. I literally went and laid in my car, rolled the windows down, um, and the overheat was just exhausting. And I kind of went, geez, this isn't good. This isn't right. Um, and when it kind of got to the point where I was going, you know what, this is stupid. I should be inside where other people are. So I went back inside. It eventually calmed down, and I eventually finished the competition. Um, you know, not very well, mind you, I'm not that great at it, but I eventually finished the whole thing. And then, um, it it never really felt like I recovered all that well. I mean, when you do seven to eight workouts in a weekend of that intensity, it takes a while to recover. But uh, about three weeks later, I still wasn't back to the gym. And I remember going like, man, something's not, something's not right. Like, I just don't feel good. Um, and so I gave myself a while and I went, you know what, maybe the intensity of CrossFit is just not for me. Like I, I I do so much in my life. There's so much physiological stress in my life, even if it's not psychologically stressing to me, the physiological stress of doing so much and constantly being on, maybe I need to back off from CrossFit. So I I took six weeks off of the gym almost entirely. Um, That was at the start of February when that event happened. And then I went back to my regular strength and conditioning routine in March. And the first day back in the gym, the same kind of thing was happening. I literally would bend over to pick up dumbbells. Like we're, we're not talking even really training. We're talking warm up. I'd bend over to pick up 35 pound dumbbells and I'd get lightheaded and I'd go, Oh geez. And I'd feel like I was going to get dizzy and fall over. And I'd squat down to tie my shoes and feel like I was going to pass out. I would, uh, I could barely unrack a heavy barbell off of a squat rack without feeling like I was literally going to pass out. And I remember one day I went in and I was warming up and it was like, as my heart rate got up, even just a little bit, my blood pressure got up just a tiny little bit. I, I felt like I was going to fall over and I went, gosh, this isn't good. This is just, this is very not healthy. I need to do something about this. I need to figure out what's going on. And, you know, listening to this, obviously you don't see me, but I mean, I, you know, I, I'm probably what sounds conceited, but I'm probably what most people would consider extremely healthy to look at. I'm, you know, at the time was probably about 10 or 15% body fat, 175 pounds, 165 pounds, that range. Um, you know, generally quite healthy. And I went, you know, this, this shouldn't be happening to me. What's going on? Um, and almost kind of angry that the whole thing was happening to me. So I left the gym kind of confused, uh, called around. I didn't have a family doctor at the time um, and didn't want to go sit at a walk-in for hours. And so oddly enough, I went and made an appointment online. So there's this company in Canada I use um, where it was telehealth. So it was essentially, uh, it was a video interview with a doctor, oddly enough, which kind of pissed me off. It was in my hometown, <laughs> the person that they connected me with. But I did this 15 minute interview and she went, wow, that doesn't sound good at all. Have you had your blood pressure checked? And I went, well, n- like temporarily, yes, but it seems to go up and down. And my blood pressure was significantly higher than I would have expected. And so she went, huh, well, it sounds like you have your blood pressure really high. We should get you a 24 hour blood pressure monitor. And so I said, sure. All right. Like let's, let's do that. So I went to a local pharmacy that uh, hands out these things, got a 24 hour blood pressure monitor and I wore it for 24 hours, which all it does is take your blood pressure every 30 minutes. 
And so uh, essentially I picked it up at noon one day and they said, you can return this anytime after noon tomorrow. Um, and I want this thing kind of out of my life as soon as possible. So I showed up at 12.15 the next day after they had put it on me um, and essentially just said, here you go. They took it, they took it out back um, where they essentially had to plug this thing into a machine. It would give them a readout of all the blood pressure readings for the last 24 hours. They came back out and the person who did the reading, she looked at the sheet and she looked at me and she looked at the sheet and she looked at me and she goes, this can't be right. And I went, what do you mean? And she goes like, you're not a 300 pound man. And I went, yeah, no shit. Like, um, <laughs> this is, this is why this something's going on. And she hands me the sheet and I would go from, you know, what we consider kind of normal blood pressure, not normal for me, but normal blood pressure. And it would just spike astronomically throughout the day. Um, so my, my highest reading was, I believe, 220 over 130, which is pretty astronomical. Even if you were, um, you know, extremely overweight, extremely out of shape, that's the kind of thing that they, you know, they put you on something they hospitalize you for. But then the strange thing is it would drop back down entirely, um, down to, you know, like 115 over 75 or something like that. And so about eight times throughout the last 24 hours, uh, most of them when I was at rest doing nothing, my blood pressure just skyrockets to over 200 over 100 something um, and then come bombing right back down again. And so naturally I saw that and I went, oh, crap, well, something actually is wrong. Like this isn't good. And so um, the uh, to condense it all, I ended up going through 12 or 13 different uh, rounds of blood work and uh, different doctors. I ended up at um, a nephrologist, and that was because they suspected I had a kidney tumor. And so at one point, uh, I ended up in her office, and she said, this blood work is diagnostic for a kidney tumor, and we're going to get you the imaging. So I went and got the MRI and got the ultrasound and came back to her office, um, got another round of blood work, and she said, there's no kidney tumor. And I said, well, what now? And she goes, I, I don't know. Tell me about your life. Like, tell me what's going on. And I explained to her everything. And she went, well, we need to put you on blood pressure medications. And I said, I, I, I can't in good faith let you put me on blood pressure medications when you've told me that I have no indications of cardiovascular disease. I'm extremely healthy otherwise. You thought I had a kidney tumor. Now you don't. I don't want to just be that guy that goes on something like an ACE inhibitor for the rest of my life without you really telling me what's going on. And she said, well, I don't know, but your blood pressure spikes so high, you're actually at a huge danger to have something like a stroke if you weren't in such good cardiovascular shape. And I went, okay, tell you what, give me, give me three months. I'll do everything in my power to fix this on my own. And so uh, I walked out of the nephrologist's office and I went, okay, it changes. As of right now, this changes whatever it is. Um, and I started just hacking things away. So I stopped going to the gym entirely because the gym for me was an intensifier. It wasn't, um, it was fun and I loved it and it was a big part of my routine, but it intensified physiologically everything for me. I got in and I sweat and I'd work hard and I'd lift heavy weights. Um, and I'd move fast and I'd throw things and pick things up and carry things. And it just, it was an intensifier. And I went, I can't handle that intensity right now. I'm going to stop. So I stopped the gym. Uh, I knocked my work schedule down to four mornings a week where all I would work was nine to noon, four mornings a week. Um, I started fasting regularly. So I did intermittent fasting at least six days a week, if not seven days a week, and started doing um, a lot of extended fasting. And so sometimes two, uh, two or three days of fasting. 
um, I started meditating regularly. So it was, I had tried many times in my life to learn how to meditate to no avail. Um, and this time, because it was dire, strange how the circumstances made it so that I learned how to meditate rather quickly this time. I used the app Headspace, uh, worked wonderfully for me. Um, and I essentially just started getting rid of everything. Um, I had a, by this point, a three-year-old at home, two-year-old at home, not even a two-year-old, geez, um, one and a half-year-old at home. And I said, enough's enough. Like, I, I got to get this crap in order. Um, whatever this is, if it's entirely stress-related, if it's entirely stress-induced, uh, which is what everyone was telling me at the time it likely was, I said, fine. Like, what, what, it's just not worth having a heart attack in your mid-30s or having a stroke in your mid-30s over all the stress. So I cut out the gym. I cut out a ton of work. I cut out pretty well every single responsibility I could. I stayed home for uh, four and a half months, which normally I'm not home for more than four weeks at a time. And I stayed home for four and a half months. Um, I ended up back at the nephrologist's office um, about five and a half months later. Uh, I walked in and I sat down. She looked through the latest round of blood work. She took my blood pressure and she kind of took her glasses to the tip of her nose, looked over them and looked at me and said, what did you do? And I said, what do you mean? She goes, it's gone. Like there's, there's nothing here indicating that there's anything wrong with you. You'd be the healthiest client in this office right now. And I went, well, great. That's what I suspected because I feel amazing now. Like I can do whatever I want and I don't get lightheaded. I don't get any of these symptoms. I wasn't feeling any of the issues. Um, and I proceeded to explain everything I did to her. And I explained all of the, uh, the, the meditation, the breathing. One thing I didn't mention was cold exposure, which I've got a short story around that one. Um, the, the work life changes, the nutrition changes, uh, the, the relationship changes, the everything. Um, and she essentially said, you know what, if, if it stays like this, you know, I never need to see you again. You, you, you're too healthy to be here. You, you really don't need to be here. I'm not putting you on any medications. I'm clearing you of everything. Um, if anything comes back, you can call me right away, but I hope I never see you again. And that was the end of that. And I walked out and honestly, I've just never gone back to the same life I had before. Hence the reason it's uh, a Monday in the middle of the morning and I'm at home talking to you, drinking coffee. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how some people can, can do that many things and not break down somewhere. You know, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, people always say, do you train recovery, bro? Um, like, we're, <laughs> like that's one of the, that's one of the current memes and yeah, re recovery is super important, but, uh, you know, like a day or two or like maybe like an hour of winding down doesn't really, it doesn't add up when you have that many things going on, I guess. So. No, it, it doesn't, it doesn't rebalance a completely imbalanced right. life. And just because you look super healthy doesn't necessarily mean that you're not one sneeze away from having a stroke. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, the really, one of the things I've had to portray to a lot of my friends um, that know the, the longer version of this story um, is that I, I didn't feel stressed. And I think a lot of people, they only, f you know, certain personality types like myself, they don't feel stressed by having a lot on the go. If anything, it makes them feel meaningful. It makes them feel like they're important or like they have a lot going on or that they're making an impact or that they're moving somewhere or something, you know, they, they kind of hold on to that. And so, like I would not show up at the end of my day feeling like stressed, like I had a lot to worry about. But frankly, I mean, your body knows, you know, it sounds kind of, yeah, I guess, a little, um, you know, a little out there to say it. But I mean, the, the wisdom of the body knows that you're doing too much. Physiologically, your body 
can only do so much. Doesn't matter how much you like doing it. Physiologically, it can only do so much. And I mean, so if you if you look at it this way, I mean, if I told you that you had to work out ten times a day at the same intensity that a lot of people work out once a week, you would go, "That's impossible." Like it would just break down. I'd start falling apart. And I go, "Well, you know what? The, that's kind of in in a lesser sense a version of what I was doing by constantly having to be on, constantly having pupils dilated, um, just going hard." Um, and it's probably the reason I was an eight or nine hour a night sleeper and still am is because I really didn't have a choice. Like I was, I was literally crashing, like falling asleep by 9 PM every single night, um, and didn't have much of a choice, but to keep going. And so a lot of it, I think people kind of tend to look at these stories and think that I was psychologically stressed or that there was too much going on. Um, but a lot of it was a matter of it just, it was physiologically stressing me out and I was just doing too much. And my personality type makes it so that I, I, didn't feel like I was doing too much until my body right. told me I was doing right. too much. Well, thanks for sharing that story. And I hope that if uh, you have any patients or you yourself are going through even anything remotely similar, that you do take time to you know, look back and reflect at your life and see the things you can change and try to make all these positive life changes. So um, if you're interested in learning how to do things like that, we do have Andrew Rothschild's Modern Patient Education course, which does cover mindfulness, nutrition, sleep and recovery strategies, movement and pain science. So those are the five kind of basic tenets of his course. And a lot of people do not have any kind of formal training in any of those things. So always got a plug. Um, we're, <laughs> I'm not even started with my plugs yet, but where can people find you again, Ben? Um, probably I actually, I quit Twitter, so I wouldn't even bother trying to look there. Um, so I, I would go find me on Instagram or Facebook. Both of them would be Benjamin J. Stevens. Um, you could email me if you want anyone listening to this, you're welcome to email me. It's just drbenstevens at gmail.com, drbenstevens at gmail.com with a V in the Stevens. Um, yeah, reach out. I mean, I, I love connecting with people. The amount of people that I have reach out every time I tell this story and, you know, ask what the specifics were of how things changed and what the specifics were of how I was feeling and what I was doing. It's, it's always nice to help. Um, cause I actually, I felt a little not isolated at the time, but I felt, um, kind of like, well, crap, like I wouldn't guess anyone else be going through this. Um, cause I, you know, I don't want to ask, a you know, a huge fat guy had to change all this stuff. Um, but on the surface, it was really hard to see that, you know, that I, I couldn't find anyone else who looked healthy, felt healthy, was smiling every day, and yet was almost keeling over due to their blood pressure spiking so much. And so, um, yeah, feel free to reach out if it's affecting you, if it's affecting anyone else, you know, or if you just want any kind awesome. of, um, you know, Thanks help for the offer. scenario. If you like this podcast, make sure that you rate us five stars on iTunes, check out a live Eclectic Approach course, go to Eclectic Approach Dot com to check out all three of our flagship courses, Modern Patient Education, Modern Strike Training, and Modern Manual Therapy. That's me. We have an online mentoring program. Our next cohort is starting June 2019. So check that out at Modern uh, <laughs> shoot, I have stuff. Modern Rehab Mastery.com. Check out all my products, VFR, ISTM, and more. Got some new products in the pipeline, always at Edge Mobility system.com subscribe to our blog themanualtherapist.com so you get uh three times a week free daily or free blog updates exclusive discounts to edgemobilitysystem.com and check out my courses uh eclectic approach courses through somatic senses hosted by dr ben stevens dr michael maxwell uh, through west coast u.s canada all over the place um i hope to see you
Right. That's just semantic sentences.com. And of course, you guys always have a great day.